your mission, should you choose to accept it. everybody, and welcome to The Rough Cut Retrospective, episode 142, a podcast that talks about movies, TV, pop culture, impossible missions in the midst of a world burning around us. I'm your host, should you choose to accept it, Carter Sims, and uh, I'm joined as always by my co-host, he'll self-destruct in five seconds. It's Jackson McCurin. Hello, sir. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. <laughs> Oh, beautiful. That's a real line. Yeah, I'm doing great. How about (laughs) yourself? I'm so excited to uh, be talking Dead Reckoning, Mission Impossible with you. It's going to be a blast, but we're not alone, Jackson, in our quest. Of course, we have a a team to do this impossible task today. So today we're joined by a man who does all his own stunts. It's Brian Dickinson. Hello, sir. Welcome to the pod. We'll burn that bridge when we get to it. Ooh. <laughs> hey, fellas. Happy to be back. Good to have you, buddy. Excited yeah, to talk with you. Uh, this is your movie that you drafted. So you're here. This is this is my baby. This is my blockbuster. So everybody go wow. see it before uh, Barbenheimer. Was this your first? No, you, you picked Spider-Verse and then this one? Dang. Yep. Great combo. Great combo. Yeah, thank you, thank we're you. gonna we're gonna get to that in the update. But Brian, spoiler mm-hmm. alert, killing the game right now. So we'll get into the depths of that. But first, boys, let's get into it. Tell me something, boys. Tell me something, boy. Let's uh let's start with our our, our guest, our esteemed guest, Brian. What have you been into lately, sir? Um, been really binging these uh, Mission Impossible movies. I um seen them before not not too long ago um but wanted to do some good preparation for this so um i watched five movies in three days um so (laughs) didn't have too much of a social life through through a few days there but um it was worth it um so enjoy those um checked out joyride not too long ago um in the theaters it's a little comedy um really loved that that was a fun fun experience um Nice. Been um, been keeping up with Master Chef. Um, I'm a big fan of of Gordon Ramsay in that show, um, so that's good. It's out on Wednesday nights. Um, but also coming out on Wednesdays is the show called Hijack um, on Apple TV. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Um, oh. It stars Idris Elba, and I think they're only about four episodes in, but it's very very good. Um, it's another one of like the fifty um, one word TV shows from Apple TV. <laughs> but it's it's basically um, revolves around Idris Elba being like the main character, but he's on a plane that obviously gets gets hijacked by these um, hijackers. We don't really know a lot about <laughs> them, but um, it's kind of his journey. And he like this isn't really a spoiler. This kind of happens pretty early on, but he like convinces them that like he's going to help because like he wants to get home to his family, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like the sagas that follow that. So um, very good show so far. Would recommend. Um, also checking out Righteous Gemstones on HBO. Nice. Excuse me. It's an HBO show on Max. Um, nice. Super good. Never seen before. Um, the cast is just hilarious. Um, but um, I'm in season two of that right now, catching up. I think season three is active. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I'm I'm loving that. That's pretty good. Huge. Uh Jackson, what about you, buddy? 
Yeah. So uh, I also uh, binged the back half of these. I think I watched the first four last week. So I watched the last three of the Mission Impossibles this week, um, which were great. Like I said, this was uh, probably my favorite movie binging experience, which was really nice. Um, so I haven't been in a ton of stuff besides that. Um, but, uh, I got this indie game today called viewfinder and it's like this really weird, like puzzle game where like you pick up a photo of like a room and you like hold it up to the real world. And then you like click, like a click a button. And then that becomes part of the real world. And you like can enter like these other dimensions and stuff. It's very cool. Um, so that's been pretty fun. And then, uh, also, uh, I talked about this the first time he did a video like this, but Eddie Burback on YouTube uh, last year, I recommended uh, a video where he went to all of the rainforest cafes in the country and he just did another. Yeah. And so he just took another month to do that, but with Margaritavilles and that was really fun. So I I recommend checking that out. I feel like you mentioned the, the rainforest cafe one when I was on the podcast. I feel like I remember talking. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) That's amazing. Fantastic. Uh, that video is amazing. I will check out the Margaritaville one. That's exceptional. Um, Jackson, I checked out uh, your most anticipated movie of the year this week, Sound of Freedom. Um, oh, nice. Just a, just a, <laughs> just a wonderful, wonderful, uh, very flawed movie uh, from the people yeah. that, uh, uh, this was my Letterboxd review, just a movie about saving children made by the people that turned immigrant children away at the border. It's wonderful stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, very Christian coded, God baited movie. It was strange, very strange. Um, and the theater was packed, which is also a weird phenomenon that was happening. So <laughs> I don't know what's happening Great. in our nation, but that's happening. Um, so was that movie not good? I like it was good for what it was. I would say it was effective, but there was definitely like at the moment when they said like, "Why are you doing this?" and he was like. Because God's children aren't for sale. I was like, oh no. Oh, and here we are. We're in it. Um, and it's brought to you by Angel Studios. So do with that mm. what you will. And I could tell by the the trailers I was seeing leading up to the movie. I saw a trailer for like a musical about the birth of Christ. So I was like, what am mm. I in for? This was great. Um, it's fine, I would say. If you're into that, you probably love it. Uh, your conservative grandma will probably love this movie. I'll say that. Go nuts. Um, go nuts. Um, so that was okay, but, uh, I checked out, um, Nimona on Netflix. You guys familiar with this? Oh, nice. Yeah. I've been meaning Uh, to watch it, but I haven't checked it out. It's that, um, it's the movie that like, it was like Blue Sky Studios last movie before they got like shut down basically by 20th century because then Disney bought them and shut them down. The Disney tried to kill this movie and then Netflix came in and saved it. And this is just a lovely movie. You guys should go check it out. Uh, it's awesome. And I, I know why Disney tried to kill it. Very LGBTQ heavy. Uh, so go check it out. Netflix, shout out to them for saving it, except screw the studios right now. I want to make that clear. Anyway, um, and then <laughs> the uh, the final one I checked out this week was the long-anticipated sequel to Bird Box. Uh, Bird Box Barcelona. <laughs> I saw that you logged this. Is this like a a retelling or like a different story in the same universe? It's a different story in the same universe. Uh, It's just over in Barcelona. And um, I don't really know what was going on. Um, It's fine. Spanish? 
it is all in Spanish, um, cool. which is cool. Okay. Uh, but the story was just kind of like, so this guy, the main guy, like sees the, whatever the bird box beings as like angels. So he like tries to have people see them and kill themselves to like be liberated or like go yeah. to heaven. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of all around that, but um, it was fine, I guess. But uh, not the best per se, but I thought bird box was also fine. I, would, I wasn't in love with Bird Box, but yeah. So that's all I was into this week. Not a whole lot. I've been on vacation, but I'm seeing Barbie tomorrow. So I'm stoked. Uh, and that'd nice. be great. So yeah. Should we just jump in now, gentlemen? We ready for this? Let's do it. Let's ride. Huge. Uh, let's go to That's Just Your Opinion, man. Yeah. Well, you know, that's just like... Uh... Your opinion, man. And uh, we will be talking Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, directed by Christopher McQuarrie. Here's the little tagline for you guys. Ethan Hunt and his IMF team embark on their most dangerous mission yet. I wonder if every movie has that beginning of their tagline, actually. (laughs) Um, To track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. With control of the future and the fate of the world at stake, and dark forces from Ethan's past closing in. A deadly race around the globe begins. Written by Christopher McQuarrie and Eric Gendrison, starring, of course, Tom Cruise, Simon Pegg, Ving Rames, Haley Atwell, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, Isai Morales, Palm Clementif, Shea Wiggum, Carrie Elways, and Henry Journey. I'm going to uh, make our disclaimer here now that we support the writers and actors on strike. For this mm-hmm. new film, we are in no way being compensated by the studios uh, or production company for promoting this film. I want to make that clear. We are not scabs. We're just here talking about a movie that we liked and we're not getting mm-hmm. paid. But Brian is paying us to be on the podcast. <gasps> That's all. Yes. So it's been saving up. Yeah. Do you want to talk really quick, too, about uh, Tom Cruise, like not uh, supporting the strike kind of? Ooh, yeah. Uh, do you want to do you want to? Throw your hat yeah, in the to, ring and, to my uh, knowledge, he was just like, "Yeah, I might promote this movie still." Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I haven't like made a definitive choice. And like, I was wondering about this. Like, mm-hmm. the dude who like saved movies twice <laughs> is like, he's kind of like the actor right now. And it's like, mm-hmm. let's say like hypothetically, like he breaks the the union or whatever, and like he, he's no longer associated with SAG, which I don't think will happen. But if it did, mm-hmm. would like studios not sign him still? Like, I feel like. Like I don't know. Like I feel like he is like kind of like this godlike figure right now in, in Hollywood, which is kind of really weird and also just really irresponsible right now with like all the stuff going on. Like I feel like he should step up and say something about that. Totally. Um, it's been weird because he apparently like asked for a waiver to promote this film. Uh huh. Um, and also when SAG asked him to like come join the picket lines, he was like, "No, but I'll help in other ways." Mm-hmm. So. I don't know, because there are actors that are working on like independent contracts and indie movies, you know, that yeah. aren't supported by studios, and that's not breaking SAG rules. Um, but I don't know. I don't think Tom. I don't see Tom Cruise doing an indie movie anytime soon. But unless whatever he's trying to do in space is going to be an indie movie, who knows? True. He's Elon doing Musk something in space. That. Oh man! Apparently, I, yeah, he's that's his goal. Going. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I don't know. It's it's a strange world that we will live in if because that could set a precedent of big time actors breaking 
mm-hmm. their union rules. But I don't think it'll happen, but it is a strange world that we're living in. But I actually, this is a good question that I kind of wanted to lead into, given the Tom Cruise of it all. Do you think that people are coming to the movies, these movies because of Tom Cruise or because of the the property of Mission Impossible? Like which one do you think rides heavier or is it a combination of both or is it more so like Mission Impossible is a steadfast action franchise? I do think that this franchise is spectacular and like does stand on its own. But also at the same time, I don't know a whole lot of people who are like huge Mission Impossible fans. Uh-huh. Maybe that's just me. Um, but Tom Cruise is just magnetic in these roles. Like the action movie stuff, like it's like obviously these movies are really good and I was excited to go see these movies, but like there's an undeniable charm that exists within this franchise because of Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise in them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like I feel like there was one, I, I wrote down a question like that I wanted to talk, talk about, like who could fill in Tom Cruise's shoes in these movies and like make these movies either the same. I don't know if anyone can make them better because they are just like, I think he makes these movies what they are. Yeah. And I don't know. I, that was just like a thought in my head where I have no idea if anybody could do what he's, I mean, obviously the stunt work is one thing. But let's yeah. put that aside. Just like I feel like his like presence in these movies is like very, you really notice it and you feel it. Yeah, it's like, will this continue on? He said, but when actors were still doing interviews, that he wants to do Mission Impossible movies till he's eighty. So does does we're this, halfway there? I know we're we're getting there. Does does this train keep? I mean, it's Hollywood. So does this train keep a rolling when he's done and they get some young? protege in who's gonna take the reins after ethan hunt is gone or i don't so know what that is this was yeah. adapted from like a tv show right like originally like this was yeah it's a 60s and... tv show yeah. okay so i guess it would make sense to eventually reboot it maybe they do like a, a spin-off tv show or something instead uh if like they're not doing... Is doing yeah if they're not doing like ethan hunt stuff because like the supporting cast is actually really great in these movies um and i wouldn't mind seeing them show up in other stuff yeah it's crazy because i think that the mission impossible movies walked so john wick could run so i think we're definitely getting like high caliber action movies now because of this so i wonder if the john wick ish will fill that void or if mission impossible will just become irrelevant but i don't know they were the first to do it so i don't i don't know what's going to happen with that but in the meantime Mission Impossible movies are sick and we're going to talk about them. So let's do that. Um, I want to just overarching first, Jackson, I want to start with you Mm -hmm. because you've never watched these movies before. You binge these for the first time. And what did you think? Um, The first two, I was kind of really bored. Like, I don't think the first two are super great. I think the first one has like this awesome repel scene. And like, that's amazing, obviously. But like everything else, I was like, eh. But then Mission Impossible 3 hit and you got some really cool Philips, Philip Seymour Hoffman stuff. Okay. And there's like all the masks are like really fun this time. And like everything's like working out really cool. And I was like instantly sold by like the third one, which is maybe not like the best endorsement. But like and it just kept getting better and better and better. Like it it was such a fun watch. And I, I don't know. I think like 
obviously like the MCU is kind of like the defining uh like pop culture moment of mm-hmm. our like franchise of our generation or whatever but i think like 50 years down the line when we're talking quality of just like long lasting property that has like amazing cinematography great yeah. acting great stunts like really great stunts great like action set pieces and stuff and like it all looks really good like i think i think this is like the franchise that's going to stand out like as the years go on high praise high praise yeah uh brian what's your was this your first time had you seen them what's your what's your relationship to the the mission impossible lore yeah and this was my second time through um first time i believe it was sometime last year um i dove into them when i think they all got thrown onto either hbo max at the time or paramount plus or i think maybe a combination um, when i went through them but um i i i love them i think they're so fun i think it's one of those where like it's on the higher quality end of that category of like, you can turn that, turn your brain off and just like sit back mm-hmm. and watch. But it is like the stunt work is like next level. The cast is next level. Like it's all just like, I don't know. I really enjoy them. Um, I do agree. I don't know if it is like a recency bias thing for me, but like, I do think like the earlier movies are and just like the, like, literal like film quality themselves like if that mm-hmm. makes me just like subconsciously feel that they're lesser than the later ones um the yeah. second one i just don't think is that great um it's so boring compared to the rest like it's not a bad movie but um when you have when it's surrounded by six other like action-packed mm-hmm. the first one's not really action-packed but they really pick it up after after yeah. that like there's going to be a dud out there and it's two but um i really enjoy them and i think um I, I brought up um, when I first went through them um, to some of my friends, like comparing these to the Bourne movies. And mm-hmm. I was like full on Mission Impossible is better than the Bourne movies. I still stand by that. Um, but I'm curious, like if you guys have thoughts there, because I feel like that's a pretty interesting debate there. I so I have only seen I've seen the three original Bourne trilogy. And much like Jeremy Renner tries to do in Mission Impossible when he shows up <laughs> and tries to take over the franchise, that's where I was out. I so I haven't seen Born Legacy or when Damon comes back. And is it just called Jason Bourne? Is that what that? Yeah, I think called? so. I uh, haven't seen that one either. So I haven't seen that. But what I kind of like about what I, I think Bourne has over maybe Mission Impossible and where Mission Impossible started is that Mission Impossible. I think the first movie is more a spy movie and then they slowly morph into Tom Cruise, just doing ridiculous stunts and, and gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And, and then it's more of an action movie. I think born is a little bit more. There's like a through line, like this mystery that he has to solve of who he is through those. So I think they're different in that respect, but I still, I ride for mission impossible more just because I haven't also seen those other two movies in the born, but I don't know. What do you think Jackson? Are you a born guy? I actually haven't seen the Bourne movies. Uh, while I was watching these, I was kind of trying to compare it to like the James Bond like stuff, like the Daniel Craig Bonds, mm. and like those are really good too. But I definitely think I like just enjoyed these more. Like I just think like one thing I really love about this franchise is that they'll set it up like they'll show the plan, and then like stuff goes immediately wrong, and it's just like they're constantly improvising and like everything. Yeah. I don't know. Like they, even though they're doing like the most ridiculous shit, like everything feels very like non-typical movie of like okay this isn't happening so we're doing this now we're going to plan c plan d plan e and like it's just kind mm-hmm. of interesting to see how it plays out 
Um, yeah. Sometimes the plots, this is just like a side note. I feel like sometimes the plots get so like confusing. I just kind of like sit back and just go for the ride and just don't really think about it too much. You I don't know if to. that's like bad, but like, I'm just kind of like, all right, we're just, we're just going for it. Whatever. I don't really care. But I feel like it speaks to the movies themselves where like that can happen, but you're still like so invested in yeah, it. Yeah, like, exactly. You're still, like you're so on weird. the edge of your seat of like, okay, like what's going to get fucked up next <laughs> and what are they going to do and what plane are they going to jump out yeah. of or onto? <laughs> like it's, it's so cool. It's, it, it, they really do have goofy constructs when you think about it. Like yeah. the, the, the face mask should be really, really silly and not work. But it's it's so weird how like by the third by on the second movie I was like oh god these masks again but by the third one I was like all right I'm back on board let's keep going and then yeah it just kept getting crazier and crazier and then when like other people and like enemies started using masks and it's like okay like who who's real <laughs> like I'm just gonna have this like subconscious thought yeah. in every scene of like is that a real is that actually Simon Pegg or <laughs> or is it Wolf GM? Blitzer yeah <laughs> the Wolf right. Blitzer one was crazy. <laughs> Oh it's, my god. It's uh it's wonderful. And I cannot I, I cannot help but think of like um Game of Thrones and the face the faceless men and all yeah. Stark and all of that journey too. Like that that sticks in my mind as well. It's it's just phenomenal. And every movie Ethan Hunt is, is disavowed at the beginning of every movie and it, it works every time. Oh, I just a lot of the it. plots are very similar and <laughs> that's okay. It's fine. It's a it's a formula that works. They know it works, and Tom Cruise has just figured it out. Figured out the formula, and 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 they work. So, uh, let's get into the uh, the the one we all just saw, the most recent one. Let's let's talk Dead Reckoning Part One, shall we? Uh, I will start with uh, the guest Brian. Overarching thoughts, and then we can get into specifics of what worked, what didn't work. But what do you think of Dead Reckoning Part One? I very much enjoyed it. Um, had a great IMAX experience. I went with a friend, um, a couple friends, and um, walked out of it. And we were like, holy shit, that was really fun. Um, that's up there with um, some of the best of the series. I think that and Fallout, our number, I know we'll talk about it later. But those are the ones to beat right now um, mm-hmm. up in the power rankings. And um, it did not feel like a movie that was almost three hours long. Like I never felt bored, Mm -hmm. never had to go to the bathroom, like never, like always felt invested into the story and was always entertained. Um, The um, additional um, cast members that they added on this movie, I think were great. Um, I thought it was kind of ironic of that. The villain spoiler alert was ai basically and that's kind of like the hot topic now and i know that's like kind of what everyone's talking about with this movie but like Mm -hmm. they made it work in my mind like it it was something they made scary um with it still being like that hot topic we're talking about today so um i very much enjoyed it totally jackson do you do you echo the sentiments of good old rye yeah, absolutely. I had a tremendous easygoing theater experience with this. Like I said, it it is a long movie, but it, I don't think it feels super long. And um, we talked about this previously with Across the Spider-Verse. I think for a part one, this does a really good job at like getting in, getting out, not leaving like this crazy cliffhanger where like it doesn't feel like a complete movie. Like this feels like a complete movie to me and I'm mm-hmm. really excited to see where it goes. But um, yeah, I thought this one was super fun. Um, a little slow in the beginning, but we'll get into that um, later, I'm sure. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I was I was not bored for a minute, 
Uh, it really uh, it opens untraditionally, which maybe you're referring yeah. to, Jackson. Mm-hmm. Where usually these movies open with the team, Ethan's team, doing some kind of mission that doesn't really have much. It's like a cold open, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is kind of like the TV serialization of it a little bit, yeah. like the the homage to that. But this one, like, we don't see Tom Cruise or any of the gang for for a quick minute. We're under water in a submarine in a Russian mm-hmm. submarine. You're like, oh, okay. So, so I, I get those sentiments there, but then when it takes off, it takes off. And this movie goes long stretches where I just felt like I kept looking at my watch. Like I still have like an, like, usually I look at my watch and I'm like, how much longer do I have? Mm-hmm. But this time I was like, oh, I have like an hour and a half left. Let's go. So mm-hmm. I had a great time. I was in a PAX theater. It was awesome. And, and yeah, let's, let's get into some specifics of uh, what worked and what didn't work. Uh, let me start with you, Jackson. What do you what do you think worked over there? I want to just talk about like, do we want to use this time to talk about like specific set pieces, or should we get into that later? I guess because there's there's a well, lot of cool stuff. Let's start with just saying the action set pieces, and then yeah. and then go from there because these were Phenomenal. some of the best in the franchise. I would say absolutely, yeah. I think even like the the where it opens in the airport and he's trying to like get the key and like there's all that, but then like Simon Pegg is like diffusing this what he thinks is like a nuclear bomb but they don't want to tell ethan because they want him to stay on mission and it's so scary because like call it says are you or you are done and he's like no that's my name like he's (laughs) he's talking to like i thought that was so scary Mm -hmm. and just a really good way for me to get like instantly engaged um into the into the stuff because i love the supporting cast like simon Pegg is like so great in these movies like i think adding him in the third one was like the best call they could have done to this franchise um same with finn grames but i feel like he was in earlier stuff when, which one did he start in the he, second he's in the first one okay he is yeah. the second one right he's in the first one uh he comes in with the the french dude on yeah. the team to to kind of do the whole suspension thing mm-hmm. he's like briefly in the end of I think it's Ghost f- Protocol. Oh uh, no, I, I, I don't remember. Right. I think it's the third, but he shows up like at the end of one. Yeah, but then he's but, a yeah. A, a but seeing horse. them, seeing them is like super fun in this too. But yeah, like that opening uh, set piece with the bomb, I thought was just like so so intense and and really fun. And there's not a lot of action. It's just Tom Cruise and Haley Atwell like walking up and down the airport. And, yeah, until, trying to avoid the cops yeah. or like the agencies who are like after them and until Cruise inevitably gets on the roof and <laughs> runs across the roof of the airport, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, that's that set piece was amazing. Uh did you enjoy that set piece as well, Brian? I loved that set piece. And to go off the point of that Jackson was talking about with the bomb, um with with Benji, mm-hmm. um the fact that he literally had to like respond like from riddles, answer riddles and like personal questions yeah. like that. Like, could you imagine being in that moment and like, Holy shit, like trying to my friends defuse a bomb with like, yeah. What do you care about the most? Or like, Oh, yeah. I, and it was just like, so back and forth and Gabriel was there. Um, and Tom Cruise had these like cool glasses on that, like <laughs> could track where the agents were yeah, it was chasing like AR. him and like where the key was. And they had the whole like camera thing to start it. They like thought that the agents thought they knew where, um, Ethan Hunt was, but then they confront this person and it's not him. They're just messing with the cameras the whole time. And, um, I, I hope we're we're already past the spoiler alert warning, but oh yeah, 
um, but I felt it was okay. But um, I loved that scene. I thought that was really fun. And just Haley Atwell, just like her her character Grace, just like she's just your average pickpocketer. She didn't mean to get stumble like stumble mm-hmm. into this whole scenario, but um, she pickpocketed the wrong guy, and and she's along for the ride. I thought she was amazing. Haley Atwell. Yeah, she was I thought she was such a great addition to this cast. And she has real shot. Like we can get into the into the second set piece, which is just this big car chase in Italy. It's amazing. It's just awesome because it's like Cruz is being funny. Like her, him, mm-hmm. and I will get to be funny in like the little fiat in Italy, and they're handcuffed together, and they have genuine chemistry. Uh, like of all of his co-stars in these movies, I think they are the most fun. I like Rebecca yeah. Ferguson too a lot, but I just think mm-hmm. Haley Atwell is such a fresh, fun presence that hopefully we'll see for a while uh, since she accepted her mission at the end of the movie, which was fun. So I thought this Italy set piece was awesome. What did you guys think? I agree. I, I like you said, the I was like surprised, very surprised by the amount of like relief that that was kind of throughout the whole movie but i feel like it really started um mm-hmm. in that scene they're handcuffed and she is a horrible driver and like that was really <laughs> funny because he's like obviously ethan hunt level driving and she just like kept backing into or just driving straight into other cars and just couldn't make <laughs> turns and and then they had to switch and it, oh, I, I loved that i thought it was so fun and they went from like the nice bmw or I think they started with the BMW, then went to the Fiat or vice versa. Like, yeah. I don't know. I thought it was really good. I love even when Ethan was driving too, and he just kept hitting the bikes. He was like, the bikes. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. And I have to say, having seen Fast X earlier this summer, where they're allegedly- I was just about to say. Yeah. <laughs> they're allegedly in Italy filming a sequence. I mean, you can tell when you're in Italy and you're not in Italy. Yeah. Tom Cruise and Haley Island, well, were there. And I think they use like the same stairs as like a like a part of the scene yeah, or whatever. Yeah. And where that ball yeah, is. I think yeah, yep. yep. I they, def- they definitely they definitely do it better in this, especially with like a uh, uh Palm uh Clementief. Uh, Clementief. Uh she was Mantis sure. in Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy, and she's kind of yeah. like uh, the silent henchwoman kind of, I, I feel like she's kind of doing like a Harley Quinn audition, maybe. Uh, Brian just had a very a, fun a, an epiphany. He just realized who that was. That's crazy. <laughs> I did not know that was the same actress. Yeah. Wow. She's great. I she was I, so good. <laughs> I really liked her in this. Um, and she was yeah, like chasing her like in the giant like mm-hmm. tank car, like armored car that she has. It was like really fun during all of that, too. But also when like Haley Atwell picks out of the lock and locks it onto the steering wheel and he's like stuck on the tracks and the train's coming and he has to try to get out and then like just cuts to him like (laughs) he takes the wheel off which is so great um yeah i really liked and i usually don't care for like car chases in movies because they usually just aren't that inventive or interesting and this was just doing a lot of different stuff that i that i liked just doing like the when she can't figure out how to turn and she's just doing circles around um in the big oh, in the big van it's so just so fun so good that was such a great scene mm-hmm. uh and then i think the final one unless i met oh i guess i'm missing i was about to say i was about to skip to the train sequence but we have that party scene too which is just a lot of dialogue mm-hmm. but just so tense and then you have those these great scenes of tom cruise running through vienna and <laughs> he runs a lot of venice that scene. <laughs> yeah oh and yeah and then the the alley the tight alley fight sequence is just mm is really cool and yeah when you when you said earlier that 
Mission Impossible walked so John Wick could run. That like went straight to my mind in the party scene because the party scene in John Wick Four <laughs> yeah. was like un- like that was like one of my favorite action scenes ever. Like that was so cool. And then like they had the same idea with this one, but um, still still great. Uh, so then we get that great scene, all the dialogue and Gabriel's there telling him someone's going to die tonight. And then we go off. Vanessa Kirby also. That's when, yeah, I was just going to say that's when Vanessa Kirby shows up. And I love having rewatched the movies. I'd forgotten that she was Max's daughter from the first movie. Uh, she's the daughter of the woman that helps Cruz, the older woman, Vanessa Redgrave's character. Oh. Her name's Max. She's the daughter of her. She's like the dealer Job, I think, is her name, uh, mm-hmm. the code name. But she's the daughter of hers, which is like kind of cool that they're bringing this interconnectivity, which is which was fun. But I don't uh, think I realized that. Yeah, I don't I think only, I knew that either. I only realized it this time around rewatching these movies, which was which was fun. So, and then finally, can we talk about the train? Because damn, yeah, uh, this was sick. And the I they they knew that we were just waiting. They did such a good job promoting this movie because. They show us this giant motorcycle jump of the behind the scenes of it. And then just the anticipation of seeing it, they do such a good job of building that up throughout this whole scene when he finally jumps and then crashes into the train is just amazing stuff. I, I thought it, it was is wild like- how that's played for a joke too. Like it is amazing. And then like, it is played for a joke where it just kind of like crashes through. Um, <laughs> yes. It's really fun. Obviously, at perfect timing. Like, how could he not time it any better? Naturally, I I like that. Like, these this franchise especially in, like reminds the audience how lucky they are all the time. And mm-hmm. like, if they didn't have this luck, like they have the skills, but like they get lucky so often that like they would not be able to complete these missions if they weren't. And like, that's just one of the the perfect examples of like, all right, that's cool. We're just mm-hmm. we're moving on. Like, that's we're awesome. With it. I thought it was fun with that scene like we like you said carter we know like this jump is happening like we know he's driving off this cliff and gonna parachute onto something um but like when he missed the train when they sped it up and the timing was off and then benji was like redirecting and at one point ethan hunt goes like i keep going up and i'm like yeah yeah you do yeah (laughs) i know what you're gonna have to do (laughs) like that was just like a part of me wishes like maybe i didn't know that he was going to make this jump and it would have been like a really cool thing to see for the first time on the big screen um but i think not like having that information i think they still played it off pretty well yeah and even because then i was just even more impressed because then i saw the behind the scenes feature where they're actually are fighting on the top of the moving train to kind of are they really yeah it's just insane i I don't understand how they're doing this but it's it's amazing and i just think it's cool because it kind of Obviously, this movie has a bigger relationship to the first movie because they bring back um, Kittredge, which was a which was a really fun addition. But just and then obviously they have that big train fight scene in the first one, which is a lot of CGI. Uh, so seeing that in this one, doing it for real was just a nice callback. I thought so. I did enjoy that a lot. So are there any other set pieces that you guys want to talk about? Uh, things I missed, or do you want to talk about other things that were were good about the movie? I, I want to say I really loved uh, the f- whenever the train derails and they're just like constantly yes. like climbing up and like yep. it goes on for a while, but like in a way that's like really satisfying. Um, someone described it like I saw online, like compared to like uh, the, the Uncharted games, like they do something like mm. kind of similar, but like the way 
I don't know. Like, it's just so well thought out. Like, with like there was a scene with the piano and it's like hanging by like a thread. Yeah. And like, oh, and like, and like the the score like changes and you actually hear the piano like making noises as it's like swaying. And like, that was really cool. Um, And there was like one moment where like, they're like in the air as it's falling and you see like almost like zero G's for a second as they get airtime. And yeah. it was just all pretty. In- and then like, whenever they were going through the, the kitchen car, even they were like dodging like hot, uh, gases oil, and liquids yeah. and oil and like then the stuff exploded and they had to like get out of there fast like it was you could tell that they had a lot of ideas for like oh this would be a fun car that they have to run through and then they were like let's just do all of them and we'll just make it like this really <laughs> big thing um which was really it was pretty neat to see that it's it's crazy that just that they're they marketed this as a part one that like these two stories yeah. are going to connect like you can tell they just had too much that they wanted to get in this movie that they had to just mm-hmm. shove off to another movie entirely and not just call it a different title completely that it's a part one but it's just so stuffed and it doesn't feel stuffed though it's just stuffed with good goodness that's that's my official description of it <laughs> so can we talk about uh the signature death in the franchise ish uh, of of our girl Ilsa biting the dust, which is bagpipes, bagpipes, yeah, which is something that uh, hasn't really happened in this franchise in a major way, killing off a, a main ish character who's been around for this is her, this will be her third movie, I think mm-hmm. fourth movie uh, in the franchise third. third. So I thought that that hit hard for me. I was like, oh, Rebecca Ferguson, she gone. That was a bummer. And but I I was also selfishly was like Haley Atwell, I'm glad you're alive. So yeah. It was fine. do you think she's like gonna show back up again, or do you think she's like dead dead? Like for sure. I think she's I think she's dead dead since they kind of did the fake death of her at the beginning of the movie too. Yeah. Which would feel kind like, of cheap. But yeah. Like this is maybe like a negative for me, like to decide to do this. One, because I feel like these movies it kind of seems like they can only handle like one female supporting character at a time. And then they have to like ship them mm. off or like not talk about them. And cause I believe there was uh, someone before Ilsa, right? Like um, in. Yeah. Paula Patton. Yeah. Protocol. Yeah. Uh-huh. And um, I don't know. Like, so I, I feel like her death was kind of unceremonious and maybe we'll see her in flashbacks and stuff or something in the next movie, but Perhaps. it just didn't, I don't know. Cause like they were kind of setting her up to be like his love interest for mm-hmm. going forward. It seemed mm-hmm. at least um, as he like got closure with his like ex-wife in like the last movie, or at least they had like some close. And now it's like, are we, is Haley Atwell supposed to be this like love interest character now? Or is it more of like a mentor mentee kind of relationship? Like, I don't really know like what's going on with that. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to miss uh, Rebecca Ferguson's presence though. Cause I really liked her in these movies. You... Ethan Hunt's love interests, I feel like, have just been very confusing. Like, he had Michelle Monaghan as his wife, and then, like, she had to be basically secluded because she had to live her life. And then Rebecca mm-hmm. Ferguson comes in, and it's like, okay, like, are they, are they <laughs> a thing? It. Like, what's happening? And then, yeah, I feel like it, that's, I'm, I feel like that's one of the cons, um, like you said. Yeah, can we actually, can we talk about Ethan's past in this movie? the uh the somewhat retconning of i guess it's not retconning we didn't really know much about ethan's past but this whole gabriel figure that is quote uh, got him into the imf because of him killing is it his was it a fellow agent i don't know who this woman was that he killed i don't really know the circumstances it was a little fuzzy 
Yeah, that's kind of maybe like the one issue I think with your issues with the part one is like when mm-hmm. um when there's like these flashbacks, they don't really explain them at all. Like they're I feel like they're obviously gonna explain all that stuff later, or it's just gonna be like implied, figure it out kind of stuff. Okay. But I'm glad I watched all these movies because I feel like if I came into this one and watched it, I'd be like, Man, I missed out on a ton of stuff and now I don't know <laughs> what's going on. But like really the whole audience was like that. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. it seemed kind of strange. But... That is something that I like did kind of feel when they'd show these flashbacks. I'm like, did I like did I miss something from these like six <laughs> other movies? Like, did I go that to the bathroom just and watch like an entire character like development and then yeah. die? And I don't know. It was that was definitely strange. And I'm like, who like I don't know. Gabriel was a fun villain, but I like he needed to be more kind of, established, I think, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I feel like you almost didn't even need really any of that backstory. Really, I, it felt like it just kind of got in the way. And I, I get the. I don't really need to know why Gabriel was really well. I guess I also have questions about how the entity hired Gabriel. I don't really know yeah. that relationship either. But that's mm-hmm. maybe that's just one of the things where you know it's Mission Impossible movie, so just turn off and just enjoy Tom Cruise running on a train. I don't know. And like the, like the first time Ethan Hunt sees Gabriel, is it, is it in the uh, airport when he sees him? Like, is that he the first like time a... you see him? Yeah. Briefly. Cause the gog, like, cause and then uh, he takes those glasses off. The and entity like, yeah, yeah. Like blurs um, him from cameras and technology. Like after that happens, Ethan's like, all right, the mission's off. We're not doing this. Like, yeah, it's too much or something. Um, and then you're like, like oh you're, shit, like this is this that's is early heavy. on. Yeah, it's like, okay, this is big. Yeah. But like, why? What's ha- like, why does he not want to go after this guy? Yeah. So uh-huh. I'm hoping we get more of that in part two, hopefully, of why. I mean, I think we've got the backstory. It just didn't really hold a, as big a punch to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I agree. That would be my only really big nitpick of the movie. Was there anything that kind of rubbed you the wrong way other than other than that? Um, Honestly, for me, I don't think so. Yeah, I just like the between the Ilsa and and that, and then also like I felt like <laughs> the key stuff was like kind of confusing at times. Of like, so there's fake keys, and now there's some real keys, and we got to know which one's the real key to test with the fake key. And I don't know. Oh. I thought that was a little confusing, especially like whenever Haley Atwell dressed up as uh, what's her face. And oh, she like she yeah. pulled out the second half and like it worked and I was like wait I don't I don't necessarily remember where we got both of those but okay yeah there was a know. lot of there was a lot of pickpocketing a lot of close up magic that Tom Cruise yeah. was doing which was a fun scene that was pretty awesome. fun that yeah was that was so great. cool where <laughs> he got to do magic but yeah I, I agree I think the MacGuffin is cool though I really enjoy the the, mm-hmm. the crucifix key which was which was neat so do you are we Going underwater in the next movie, does that interest you at all? T- seeing Tom Cruise underwater? Is, are you like, hell yeah? Because we kind of saw that in Rogue Nation, I think. Six? Was, was that six, six or, or five? Five. five. I don't remember. Because this is seven. It was really good. Yeah. So are we going to see? That's the only thing I'm worried about. Like, I'm sure this isn't going to happen, but are we repeating another underwater sequence? Is Tom Cruise going to hold his breath for longer than Tom Cruise did? Or he's gonna swim in a in, a, in the ocean and fight a shark or something. Yeah, something cool like that. <laughs> I hope so. But uh, yeah, we're gonna see him go into the Sevastopol, go underwater. 
what's going to happen in two? Are we going to, so here's the thing. Do you think, I think the answer is no, but do you guys think that Ethan Hunt dies in part two? I mean, the way Tom Cruise is really hyping this up, like, because he's, I mean, obviously he's going to hype up his own movie, but like, he was fighting to get these IMAXs. He was fighting. um, Now he wants to like promote it still, like, despite the strike. Like, I feel like maybe he knows this is ending soon and wants to really just like get people out for it as much as possible. Besides, like, as you know what I mean? Like, it's not like one that has like five more movies attached to it. So I could definitely see that happening for sure. Do we know if. Chris, sorry, I'm dealing with some barking dogs over here. Do we know if Christopher McQuarrie is directing the next one? Yes. And I think they've like they've already I feel like they've got like a really good thing going right now. Mm -hmm. And I I That's his guy. They're they're I feel like yeah. They they've got some really good momentum and I think taking it and removing Tom Cruise out of the equation, I think, would be a mistake. Yeah, I think before the strike happened, I think they were already filming some of it because that's why Tom Cruise wasn't at the Oscars the last year because oh. he was, he was doing Dead Reckoning huh. Part Two. So I don't know what's going to happen. I would think that this is truthfully, I don't know what else Tom Cruise is doing with his life other than making Mission Impossible <laughs> movies. So I don't really know what he's going to do unless he's making, I don't know, The Outsiders 2 or whatever. But <laughs> I just think this is what he does now. And I think he's going to ride off into the sunset until he's 80 or I think he'll do him until he somehow dies on a set. I think that's what the end game is for Tom Cruise. I do think to go back. It's to very the, possible too. to yeah. go back to your other question. I do think they were going underwater in the next one. I feel like they, if they Maybe set they- it up like this and like, don't do that. Mm-hmm. I would be very surprised. Cause like they have to get down there into the submarine, right? Like, is yeah. that where they need to go? The Sebastopol. Yeah. To, throw the key in there yeah. so the arctic what does that thing do do we actually know i don't remember i Did think we it learn just, what it does i think, I think you can just, like control it once you pre- put the key in right control was, somehow. oh the entity or something else? yeah because that's yeah. what Cherney and carrie elwes were up to because they wanted mm-hmm. they were on the train because they wanted the u.s to have the power to also I hated that it was called the entity and they just kept saying the entity over and over again. <laughs> like it got a little bit much in like, like a couple sentences. It's AI. You can say it. We get it. Just say it or whatever. Like it. the entity. But I did think it was cool where obviously the AI stuff is very prescient, but then also the fact of like power hungry people wanting to use it to their own benefit, I thought was also very uh-huh. prescient, like the US getting in. I do have to say also the set piece where they're all just sitting around in the room talking about it and Ethan comes in with the mask and you don't know who that guy is, but they're just giving all yes. the exposition, but it's so tense because you're like, who is this guy? Yeah, that was awesome. No part of me for like 90% of that thought that was going to be Ethan. I thought that was going to be a bad guy going yeah. to like kill all of them. And then like the... The gas that he uses, like I thought, like the knockout gas, I thought was really cool. Like it just like that takes over cool the room, scene, yeah. like in a flash. And I, that was another thing we saw in the trailer. But like, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I love that we got Charles Parnell, who's Warlock and Top Gun Maverick, to just come in for like <laughs> ten seconds, and they clearly had a good time on Top Gun, so they're like, come in here. <laughs> so, do you guys have anything else other about the movie that you really dug or didn't like before I ask my final question about the movie? I did like the scene um, where 
Ethan was there to like rescue Ilsa out of in like the desert. I thought that was pretty cool. That was cool. It oh, was yeah. it was kind of confusing because like everybody had like the goggles and the mask and like everything was covered. Like I was yeah. a little confused at times. I'm like, okay, who's yeah. who? Did like someone just die? Like that was important, but like obviously not 10 minutes into the movie. But um yeah, I thought that was a cool scene. I don't know. They love their uh their desert um desert storms and all of that. Speaking of, there, there was one shot that I thought was so cool where, like, like, you can see the people who are hunting him in the desert, like, searching for him. And then, like, him, and he's holding his horse down. He's laying like, down, yeah. Yes. And he's, like, like coaxing his horse and, like, calming him <laughs> down. I was like, that's so cool. Like, we never see that in a movie. Like, that's just, like, really sick. I thought I thought that was awesome, but a part of me was, like, these people, like, had to have seen. Like, horses are still big whether they're laying down or standing He's up, on the like, side. He was hiding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did like that, though. That was cool. So my final question about this movie, kind of, is about the next movie. Is this movie going to come out next year? Like, uh, No, I don't think so. I bet it gets delayed. I'd be I'd be surprised if it did. was it like supposed to was it's that their a, initial plan? It's slated as summer 2024. Oh my gosh! So I think much like Spider Verse Part Two, or I don't see those movies coming out, yeah. or at least getting delayed. Uh, especially now with the strike and and everything going on, I don't see these movies coming out. And also, I think this strike is going to last. If I'm a cynic about it and a realist, at least three more months, I would say. Oh, easily. Yeah. Like I've seen estimates of like maybe December that things would get resolved, but we're going to be in it for a while. And 2024 is going to be a really interesting movie television year and an interesting year for the podcast. But that's. I'm excited. I, I, cause I want them to strike as long as they possibly have to, to bleed them dry and get exactly what they need because. AI is the villain is what we've learned and they're doing some crazy shit. Like we haven't talked about it, but they want to film background actors for one day. They want to scan them and then just use their likeness in perpetuity for, and then just pay them the one-time fee of the scanning. And that's so fucked up. That's so fucked. It's so immoral and against everything that I, uh, it's just, and it's just like obvious that'll just make your movies feel even less real. Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's if you want so... them all to look like the Polar Express, by all yeah. means, we, we can do that. But yeah. it's just going to look so bad. And people are going to learn before, but it's going to be too late when people realize because, I don't know, studios are the greedy, the CEOs are greedy, and Bob Iger, hot water, all I can say. Fuck that guy. They, they were just so dumb. He just got an dumb. extension. He just got a contract extension. Good for him, <sighs> man. They, they were so dumb to make have him do an interview like that was really bad on disney's part first of all but he did it so here we are uh, yeah wasn't it confirmed that he was the one who said that they'll just wait until people go homeless or whatever it was confirmed slash not confirmed which means i think confirmed so <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of hearsay but I, i'm pretty sure which is a tough tough look so we will see but Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, a wonderful film, despite all of that. And you guys have final thoughts on the film before we rank these Mission Impossible movies? Um, it's just I... a real bummer to me that this comes out, gets my hopes up for the next one. And then, like, I really don't think it's going to come out next year unless, like, this strike does 
end sooner than anticipated and they did get like a lot of the filming done Mm -hmm. but i don't know if they're if they're planning for another like two and a half hour plus movie then i don't think so yeah jack i I love this yeah i just wanted to say that i really like where a lot of movies are going right now because i feel like we were in a time where everything had to be like wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, haha, this is a movie. We're aware of it. You are too. Cameo, cameo. And now I feel like we're kind of leaning more into like a more sincere approach to storytelling lately. And it's like, it's not really making fun of itself and it's just being genuine and, and uh, just, it, it, it knows what it is and it's being it without like, I don't know, like making you aware that like what you're watching is what it is. I don't know. I, I'm just really excited that audiences are kind of like leaning more towards these sincere stories going forward because i'm kind of tired of this mcu stuff i want i want more stuff like this yeah i, think... I also go ahead Brian. can i add one more thing yeah um this is another like more specific thing kind of around the third act of this movie but like there was a good, good chunk of time where tom cruise was not involved it was True. like when he was like going to the train and like mm. that whole like sequence he was nowhere to be found he was on a bike trying to find this train yeah. and the movie held up super well. Like mm-hmm. this was really, really good. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if anyone mentioned that and I didn't hear it, but I thought that was a really interesting. Um, point. Oh, it's, it's a valuable point. To, I think just proves that there isn't franchise fatigue per se. I think it's just four story, same story mm-hmm. fatigue, which is what the MCU has been grinding out for the past year that we've talked about Jackson and I and DC talked about that at at nauseum. So I'm excited to see that, you know, the John Wicks and the Mission Impossibles and the Across the Spider-Verses can still prove that there is value in going back to these franchises if you just just do something different and make it fun and inventive and make it worth our time. So I would say this was definitely worth our time. And let's see how much of our time it was worth by going into The List is Life. The List is an absolute good. The list is life. And let's respectfully rank these movies. Uh, I guess we'll just jump back and forth as we usually do when we rank things. Start at the bottom, go to the top of the seven Mission Impossible movies that we have. Uh, I'll start with Brian as our guest. What is your least favorite? What is seven on the totem pole of the Mission Impossible movies. Um, I, I basically said it straight up earlier. Um, I think the second one is my least favorite. I gave it, I did give it three stars. Like it is, I do enjoy it as a movie as a whole. Um, yeah. But when you throw it in with, with this family of movies. Um, it, it stands out. Yeah, it stands out in the worst way. Um, it did have like a lot of qualities to it. Like it had the love, you had the action, um, there were a lot of there were the horses like it was that was a fun sequence but um at the end it just it just held in its mediocrity compared to the rest it really does stand out it's it feels completely different than the other movies even the one that came previously before it it's and tom cruise has the long hair too like that's <laughs> his hair is like, ridiculous in this yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just the villain is really goofy uh it's just f- funny to think that if that guy had not taken this role. He would have been our Wolverine. Just so you all know that he Jeez. and Hugh Jackman were the final two, but he passed on X-Men because he did Mission Impossible 2. So, oh, so he had the offer. Like he would have 
that would have it would have been him. Yeah, he backed out from Mission Impossible, The Power of Cruise, and then Hugh Jackman stepped in. So there could be a world where Dacker Dacker Montgomery is that his name? I think that's his name. No, that's someone else. You're, are you thinking of Dougree Scott? Dougree yeah. Scott, yeah. Who's Dacker? Dacker Montgomery is the Red Power Ranger, and he's in Stranger Things. <laughs> Great, much same younger guy. guy. Same guy. Same guy. <laughs> uh yeah jackson what do you think of mission impossible 2 yeah it's boring i'm looking at the cast i'm like i don't even remember some of these people being in it like brendan gleason i literally do not remember yeah this movie he was uh and i watched it this week he was the guy that they like they they drug him they question him about some stuff they he's in the bunker and that's about it. That's all I can recall from that. This is I his- liked him. Like he's he's Brandon yeah. Gleason. Like he's good. But yeah, he was in it for a total of probably like 120 seconds of screen time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super. I, yeah. I like Tandy Newton, but in this movie, she's just she just has plays the typical kind of wet blanket female character. Attractive. It's, yeah. Yeah. The yeah. the whole intro of him trying to court her and falling in love with her and getting her on the mission. It's tough it's weird yeah it's real tough so what happens to her do they ever explain what happens to her does she die or something i don't even remember she doesn't die because remember she injects herself with the the virus and mm-hmm. yeah oh my god he gives yeah. her the antidote at the very last minute and then and then mission impossible 3 ethan's married so then it's just <laughs> they completely write it off and they yeah kind of maybe retcon that so and then anthony hopkins was in it for like 30 seconds yeah like. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. So I'm assuming Mission Impossible 2 is everyone's seventh pick, Yeah, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I do love that John Woo dove. He's always got a dove in there. So it's just a nice dove flies across <laughs> the screen for whatever reason. <laughs> Terrific stuff. Um, Jackson, what about, let's hop to you for your number six. What's what's number six for you on this totem pole? Uh, my number six, and maybe this is, I don't know, maybe this is controversial. I think the original Mission Impossible is at number six for me. Okay. Uh, I think it's cool. Uh, I don't really care for John Voight in this movie. It's also really weird now that apparently Tom Cruise is like older than John Voight currently, like in this franchise than John Voight was whenever he was in the first movie, <laughs> that is which is so weird to think about. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cause this is like when like a lot of the gimmicks, like the mask stuff, like wasn't really working for me still. Like, mm. I don't know. I just wasn't too into uh, the smaller story, but the repelling scene with like the completely silent like sound was so amazing um, that it bumped it over Mission Impossible Two for me. I will say in general, this is my uh, this is my number five. Mm-hmm. But I will say what these movies are so good at—they have these awesome action set pieces, but they know when to have no score and just let the intensity of the of the movies take play. Mission Impossible is an example of that. Ghost Protocol when they're when they have like the oh what's like the green screen thing where they're moving yeah. forward in the Kremlin. It's That's totally cool. quiet, really tense, really funny too. So yeah, I think Mission Impossible does a, a great job of that. I just love that like Brian De Palma did the first one and he's got all these cool like Dutch angles, like people's mm-hmm. perspectives of, of their faces. The POV it. shots are really interesting in this franchise. As they did it, yeah. I think, in this one again, or like one of the more recent ones. And I was like, that's a weird thing that I like that they they come back to every now and mm-hmm. then. Yeah. And I mentioned it earlier, this is the one that feels the most spy movie to me. I think it's more totally. spy and not I don't action. think I don't think there's a single gunshot in the first one. I'm pretty sure. No, I don't I don't thing. think so. So 
obviously you have the iconic That's scene crazy. dangling hovering uh mm -hmm. and yeah i i i find it fun just because i also love the the setup at the beginning of his whole team just being killed but that was cool because they had some big names in there like you have emilio estevez in there you've got uh kristen scott key in there so like mm -hmm. big 2000s or like late 90s people that they just kind of kill off so i think that was a mm -hmm. fun device but but yeah brian is this your number six or where, where this was my also my number five i'm like carter huge sorry okay, i also man. think like if this movie was the same movie made like today mm -hmm. i think it'd be really good yeah maybe not really maybe i take that back maybe not really good but <laughs> good. better <laughs> yeah it is it is it is kind of weird how dated the first couple movies are just because mm -hmm. there's like such a time jump between i think like yeah the, When's like the third one? That's in 2006, and then like I feel like we jumped to like five years. Yeah, 2011. Yeah, I mean like, we weren't born when Mission Impossible came out, wasn't it 96? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, it's so weird. But Tom Cruise was like, how old was he? Probably 30. I think 30 something. 30 something? It's so weird how Which old he is because he doesn't look that old. It blows my mind. Age like fine wine. Again, we say it all the time. That's Scientology, baby. <laughs> There's it. something going on over there. Something they got help. running classes or something. It's <laughs> great. Uh, wonderful. Mission Impossible. Lovely. Uh, then Brian, what's your number six then? My number six is Ghost Protocol. Yeah, While gotcha. It has the best name, I think, um, out of all the movies. It is I a really fun like one. it. Um, it is cool when he says and Ghost I, Protocol. This That's is another, good. this is one where like, I, I really did enjoy this movie. Like it has a lot of really fun mm -hmm. sequences and I like Leah Sadu is in this, like yeah. um, Jeremy Renner is introduced. Um, the opening scene where he's escaping from the Russian prison. I love, yeah, like, that I, one I is think really that, good. that's, that's a super fun um, se sequence where like he's calling on Benji to open the doors and he's like, wait, I got to rescue this, this Russian prisoner that none of you know about, but I'm going to bring him with. And, um i love that scene i thought that was really good but um this is the one that luther isn't in until he just like randomly shows up at the very end um <laughs> and he's yeah, like what a crazy like, no story man yeah like um <laughs> i don't even really remember what was the what was the MacGuffin in this this is codes, right? They needed the new codes. Oh, yeah, it was just yeah. the new codes. codes. Yeah, like I thought that was like, yeah, like I, I that was one I really didn't remember too. Um it was a so-so villain because it was just a yeah. Russian guy who yeah. Yeah. blew, up, blew um, up the Kremlin and got the new codes. I also noticed that in this one, like a lot of the cut like cut scenes would be like, oh wait, he's about to fall off a ledge. And then they cut and then they cut back to the scene. It's like, oh, he didn't fall off. Like here he is. Like they did. I noticed it like <laughs> several times in yeah. this one that um, it was just kind of repetitive. Um, but I thought like Jeremy Renner's character, I thought was kind of fun. Like he was like a total dweeb, but like when he needed to fight or when he needed to do something, like he got it done, um, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but he would always be like him and Tom, him and Ethan, like, never really agreed on things and they didn't they weren't like best buddies but they still like obviously got this mission completed successfully um and you find and like out abu that dhabi he... abu dhabi was cool oh yeah the tall because this is the first movie where tom cruise starts doing stunt, all his yeah. stunts yeah all the the big the big Burj Khalifa. i really enjoy the dust storm chase also yeah. i mm -hmm. love watching cruise run and with the dust in the background and the car chase where he's using like the gps to crash into him in the mm -hmm. dust i i think that's really cool uh yeah you know it's a so-so 
villain with a so-so plot, but and then Paula Patton is the, the this is the one where she's the the female protagonist or side character. I thought she was okay, I will say. She did just like drop kick Leo Sadu out a window. That was tough <laughs> to see. So so yeah. And also I should say that this is um oh no, wait, never mind. That's Mission Impossible 3. We'll get to that. Wonderful. Uh, I'll go ahead and do my number six because mine is different uh, than all of yours. Uh, my number six is actually Mission Impossible 3. Wow. And I know. Um, I like, I should say, after two, all these movies are good in my opinion. So I agree. Yeah, totally. So, so this is just the lesser of the other six in my book. So I love kind of the, the setup of you know, Ethan is a family man now. He's out of the game, really. And then he has to get back into the game. I love Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie. He He's is great. a tremendously menacing villain in this movie. He's so good. He's so amazing. Good. Now, I don't know what the rabbit's foot is. No one does. I think that's a weak part of the movie where it's just yeah. kind of a, it was all for nothing. But I just enjoy that it just becomes, you know, Ethan's wife was captured. Phil Seymour Hoffman has her and we got to get her. And it's also really bold to open the movie how it does. Yeah. And I think it's a really cool opening where it's just, he's not listening to Ethan at all. He's going to shoot her. And it hooks you right away. It tells you how serious Philip Seymour Hoffman's character is like. It's awesome. I thought that was cool. So I, I will give him that. This is the JJ Abrams one. And I will say that it, the best thing it did was give us Simon Pegg as a staple absolutely because yeah. that's, that's abram's guy so he got him in there and i appreciate it so benji is a welcome addition to the team and and yeah i couldn't really tell you billy crudup's there for a minute he was fun yeah his twist his turn is crazy too yeah and he's and, like a villain but like he it, it's kind of actually interesting how like critical these movies are of the u.s government like they constantly are like yep they're like kind of the there's they think they're the good the good guys but like they're doing it for all the wrong reasons and they're doing the wrong thing and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, and I will say that the first three movies they're they're the bottom three for me just because they all stand alone. They don't really they don't really co co like merge until until four where they kind of try to tie all these things together. So mm-hmm. Mission Impossible three, especially with like. I think it's just hilarious that we keep getting big name. We get Lawrence Fishburne. We get Tom Wilkinson as mm-hmm. the secretaries and then they're just gone. Or like in Tom Wilkinson's where he just gets shot. He has the quick monologue and goes protocol and then he's gone. Yes. Yeah. So I enjoy when we get to like the Alec Baldwin's down the line and, and people like that. Uh, so, but we'll get there. But yeah, I just, I would have loved to see Lawrence Fishburne again in the, in these movies. I thought he was cool in, in, in three, but, but yeah, that's uh, I got mission impossible three at, six and i can let you guys speak on that more when we get there if you'd like so um brian what's your number five and we talked about that already it's mission impossible right it is yes jackson did we Um, do your five uh yeah my number five is ghost protocol gotcha 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 so we're on to everyone's four then i suppose uh brian what's your number four my four is three wonderful um, that's also so just same <laughs> yeah so three is four also <laughs> I, I enjoyed it like i thought i put it above ghost protocol i feel like 
um the villain kind of put it over the edge for me um actually like having philip seymour hoffman's like his presence in that movie is just like so good and like it's just so sad that we lost his talent too early Mm -hmm. um but like they really up the action here like like we were saying like one basically is no action that's like pure espionage um but three like it really picks up too um and like we said benji great introduction adds the comic relief like immediately and just continues like throughout the whole series um it's our first time in rome um we come back in dead reckoning but um it take takes place in rome here and um tom cruise is like 45 in this movie and that's just like we can say that for any of these movies like oh he's this age in this movie doing this and like it just blows my mind he's so charming what a guy what a guy uh my number four is ghost protocol which we already which we already discussed uh so we don't need to hammer that point home jackson what's your number four is it this is it's 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 three. mission impossible three i just want Got to it. shout out uh, the really cool scene maybe my favorite scene in in that movie where uh he's dressed up as philip seymour hoffman and he's getting ready and you can see him adjust the mask and then like mm-hmm. it like like uh subtly switches over to the real philip seymour hoffman which is cool but then you get the scene where he captures him in the bathroom and he puts like the gun to his head and he's mm-hmm. like read this and like he's like reading it so he can like get his voice modulated yeah. and stuff and i thought that was very cool um that's where that's that's where that gimmick really paid off for me. And I was like, all right, I'm totally, totally on board with this. Yeah. I also love when bad guys have these like gigantic like mountain of human like henchmen <laughs> that are their like number one guys. Like I think that's always just like so funny that they just find the like largest human possible who has like time on their schedule to film these movies and not say like say maybe like six words throughout yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> And I will say, he bites the dust in such an inventive way of a villain to die. Just lifting him up and getting just absolutely yeeted by the car at the end of the movie is just like, oh, and his shoe comes off. It's great <laughs> right stuff. Right away. Yep. It's great stuff. Um, so yeah, Rogue Nation is my number four. So uh, we can go to the, the top threes then. Uh, Brian, what's your number three movie in the Mission Impossible franchise? Wait, did you want to talk about Rogue Nation? Is that your number three? That's my number three. It is, but you just said it was your number four. Oh, I meant Ghost Protocol. Did I say Rogue Nation? Oh, yeah, you did. Ghost Protocol okay. is my number four. Let's talk <laughs> okay. about Rogue Nation. It's my number three. It's okay. all over number three. Three. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Brian, you can lead so, the way. Yeah. Um, I I really really enjoyed this one. Um, we got in the first fifteen minutes, we got both Alec Baldwin and Rebecca Ferguson introduced into the series. Huge. Um, I love the opera scene. Is like so fun. Incidents that turn into guns. Are you kidding me? Very. Cool. <laughs> that was so cool. Um, after when when uh the prime was it the prime minister? They, who were they going after? Yeah, like Austrian prime minister, right? or Australian okay. or something. Yeah. Um, after he got he got um that little um, bullet grazed his arm. They pull him back, and he I put it down. He's like he said, it's merely a flesh wound. But that was the hilarious <laughs> part. Um, but that opera scene I thought was like super super fun. Um, they had a great motorcycle chase scene. Um, I love it when they bring the motorcycles in because those just kind of add a different element to the chases because they're a little more agile. They're pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty easy to shoot guns while you're on. Well, it looks easier to shoot guns when you're on the motorcycle. Um, it's hard to fake a stunt double on a motorcycle mm-hmm. as opposed to a car. So you can they cruise like just lets it out. No sunglasses. Like I am riding this motorcycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. just to prove it. So yeah, that's and crazy. I thought 
um sean harris playing solomon lane he was just like a he's terrifying like he has that like thousand yard stare that like will not break and it's just like i would poop my little pants if i walked in and he was in front of me like he was so scary yeah i love the introduction of the syndicate i think it's such Mm -hmm. a like the anti-imf i think is what they call Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. just a just a cool plot device just these global terrorists and yeah solomon lane is is very frightening. This is where Cruz holds his breath for a long time. Yeah. Yep. And this is where Ferguson like is betraying them at every like you don't know where the she... cat and mouse is really fun with yeah. them because she saves him and then she like knocks Benji out and runs away. It's yeah. It's and Cruz is like, what happened? Because he's like legally dead for a quick minute, which is fun. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And then you also get you get some more Jeremy Renner. And which you thought was going to be a staple, and then they're like, "Ah, we're done with this guy." I, I was liking him too. I felt bad. I I was kind I of on board with his character at that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, my guy was in the Bourne franchise, the Marvel franchise, and the Mission Impossible franchise all at the same time. He flew too close <laughs> to the sun, I think. <laughs> the Renner watch. So. Renner watch. So yeah, I agree. Rogue Nation is 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 wonderful. It's excellent. What's the and then the final set piece when like they're he's in the box. They, they kept yes, Solomon they in the trick box. him into the into crawling yeah. into the box. That's such a fun reveal. I, I really like that. And then they just like kicked him down and shoved him into the bus yeah. or whatever. Well, but like, so- then it just like ended. Like that was my like I kind of <laughs> it like didn't wrap up. I guess that is like it wrapping it up. But it just like ended. It was done. I liked it because like they like they're all surrounding him and like he's firing mm. the gun and like Tom Cruise so- is just stare like standing yeah crazy still. And then he finally like kicks over the box all aggressive and it's sick oh man it's, also it's, that box God. that box could not be light enough to just kick it down like that i was I thinking thought, that too <laughs> <laughs> like a bulletproof glass box yeah. that's probably like 10 feet tall <laughs> yeah that's great uh so i love that that ending too and the tents like benji with the bomb on his that, yeah all, all that works really well yeah, yeah that's right and that's where we also no we michelle monahan doesn't Oh, she pops up at the end of this one, or is that Rogue Nation? Yeah, or is that Ghost Protocol? It's the end of this one. Okay. No, no, no. It is Ghost Protocol because that's when uh, Jeremy Renner's like, I don't know if I should get back on there, and he's like, No, you should. And then like he takes the phone. Right. You're right. You're right. Mm. True. When when Michelle Monaghan's like getting off the like boat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, How do you know she's dead? Yeah. Yeah. She's not. Yeah. Aha. So that's our number three. I'm curious to see. What everyone's number two is, if we agree, um, Jackson, what's your number two? I struggled with this, um, but I think I'm gonna put Dead Reckoning Part One in the number two slot for now. Um, who knows? Cool. It could it could go up higher. Uh, obviously, we really liked it. We just talked about it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, do any of you guys have uh, this one in the second, or do you have it in the first? Or I have it number two as well. I have it as two as well. Wow. Okay. But okay, I think cool. even like after a conversation. So far, I I might. I don't oh, know. It's so, I think it's, it's so close. It's really I think it's good. so close for me. Yeah, I, I really loved it. And, and it's also so close. It's the only one I saw in theaters. Like all the others, I saw Same, on my yeah. TV in my living mm-hmm. room. And I think that is like valuable to me for this one. But totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. We'll talk about Fallout when we get to it. But um, it was a close one for me. I think we. I think I think we've talked about Dead Reckoning enough. So maybe we just. Hop over to Fallout, which I was my number one is everyone's number one. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. is just excellent. I think it's awesome. And the first thing I just wrote down was Henry Cavill. 
He's amazing uh, in this. Just the fact that, yeah, the arm pump, the arm reloading in the bathroom. Just the fact that he, Tom Cruise was like, you cannot shave that mustache for the life <laughs> of you. And you will ruin the Snyderverse for everyone because of it. Is just tremendous energy. I love that from Tom Cruise. So I think Henry Cavill is a, it's just so cool to see him just not in the Superman realm and just like playing a villain. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool. And, and then Tom Cruise gets to do all of the, I think the most, most stunts he's ever done, hanging off the plane, running through the, he has that elongated running through the city sequence where he breaks his ankle when he's jumping across the roofs. And he like you see him limp off because he actually breaks his ankle. Actually flying the helicopter is an unbelievable flex. And I just think it's wonderful. It's just the most, it's just the most fun to me. And I saw this one in theaters and it ripped in theaters. So I don't know. What do you guys think about Fallout? Yeah, they have like I think the best set pieces for sure. Like the whole like jumping out of the plane, like in like the in the lightning storm oh, is like yeah, so that's... cool. I don't think it gets talked about enough. I thought that stuff was really sick. I assume they did a lot of that practical. I don't know how much of yeah, it, but like it did. looked really real. Um, they probably yeah. added some of the lightning, but they like, did yeah, jump. The they jumped stuff. out of the plane. That yeah. Did happen. yeah, yeah, that was great. I really liked that. And it like it has the moment where like uh, Henry, like like Henry Cavill's like passed out and he's like saving his life, and he's like, "Oh, what happened to your oxygen tank?" Yeah. Like whenever he wakes back up, <laughs> so funny. And they have like John Wick esque fighting in the like the bathroom scene where they're fighting yeah, that really guy. Good. Oh, is so just, good! It's just excellent. It's just great set piece. And I love Angela Bassett. In the I was movie. just gonna say that we get Angela Bassett in this. Vanessa Kirby gets her gets her moment too. Like mm-hmm. the guy Johnny from uh, the guy from uh, Hunger Games and West, West Bentley and uh, Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he pops up at the end like as his wife's husband. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and seeing her again is just like really great. Like I really like her character, and I kind of wish she'd stick around a little bit more. But I get why. I do it. like that yeah. they because it felt like the Mission Impossible three was a bit of an out. Like it felt like they didn't know what to do with that because they wanted mm-hmm. like Ethan Hunt to keep being Ethan Hunt. So I yeah. I thought they tied it up in a nice bow. Totally, yeah. At the end, one of my and, favorite scenes, um, pretty early on, we hinted at it earlier was. Um, the hospital scene when they're talking to this this bad maybe Russian dude or something and they he's they're watching the news in the hospital room and it's Wolf Blitzer reading this uh, manifesto yes. and then boom the walls come down it's all fake like that I thought the fake hospital super room fun so good like the first time I saw that I'm like holy shit like they that was sweet like and then I kind of forgot about it watching it the second time through and I I really thought that was pretty creative. I gotta say though, I hate when real news anchors show up in movies. It it for some it somehow takes me out of it. Just give them like a fake, <laughs> give me a fake news station and a uh, like a like an anchor that doesn't exist and like do well, that. Jackson, it wasn't the real Wolf Blitzer. Well, that's true. That is very <laughs> true. I don't know. Anytime I see Anderson Cooper in like a Marvel movie, I'm like, come on, like or like I feel like he's in like Batman v Superman or something super weird. And it I'm might like, be Wolf Blitzer. I, I, Wolf Blitzer might have done that too. I don't know, but 
I, I I'm with you. It does it does throw you off a little bit when that happens. I, oh, I'm, I'm just Wolf Blitzer is in a the new Shazam movie. That's what we're thinking of. There it is. I knew he was <laughs> he, fresh on the. He brain. has a uh, some movie. Uh, does he have an letterbox. IMDb page? He has a letterbox. Yeah, he's also in Skyfall and the campaign that a uh, comedy with Will Ferrell where oh, he yeah. punches oh. a baby. <laughs> and then the rest are documentaries. I think. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> uh. So yeah, I have nothing else to say about Fallout. I think it rips. I think it's really, really fun. So yes, yeah, the I clear kinda, one. I want to state my claim as well for Henry Cavill and his performance. I thought he was just like, he was so good. And it was like kind of hard to tell watching it. Like, is he on their side? Is he not? Like, I feel like they did a pretty good job of like keeping him kind of mysterious. Yeah. Um, and then they and brought then, like, an Angel the... Bassett's character and it's like, okay, like there's something going on here, but I still don't really know what it is. And then... Um, the scene where they like they tricked him into thinking like oh the they, fake out is really the good. fake with uh with lane and benji mm-hmm. and alec baldwin's character was in on it after like his little um kerfuffle with ethan hunt like i thought um that was really really well done obviously it it kind of came back to bite him a little bit but um, that was going to happen regardless. It works every time. These masks, they shouldn't work, but it, it works. I, I would just love for a scene where like, it just like immediately they walk into the room thinking they got it and they're like, all right, <laughs> we're checking for masks before we do anything. And they just it's start fun. sweating. And they do it's do like that you, everybody a lot. show Everybody show your, your thyroid. And yeah, exactly. The thing, yeah. It is fun. They do do that a lot in Dead Reckoning, actually. They're at least the cops, like when yeah, they're the walking out the airport. Checking, but it's, it's never someone who actually I know, has yeah. the mask. And I kind of want to see that now because I, I want to see crazy. someone get caught. Yeah. I also, or like, or it'd be like, oh, wait, no, this guy's like taller than this. Like, that's not right. Yeah, it is <laughs> awesome like, that like their body shape just happens to be the exact same yeah. uh, dimensions. <laughs> but they, they do that. They, they hint at it here in Fallout. It's like, um, but when they're, when it's um, Benji and Luther being like, one of them has to be Lane and Luther's like, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. He's like, like that was, yeah, like, yeah. look at me. <laughs> I don't think he's done it yet. He needs to get under the mask and do that's something. Part two, baby. He'll, yeah. yeah. He'll wear some skims and, and get dressed as somebody it'll be great i feel like we haven't talked about luther at all throughout this entire thing but he's awesome he's, he's just like he's just old reliable like he's always there he's Steadfast. like good at what he does he's he's i good. feel like sometimes he's like not a good actor and i mean that so nicely because i actually really love his character he has but the like, meats jackson he gives uh is that him is yeah, that, that's, him? that that's actually, big rams yeah really? Arby's. Yeah, that's him. that Really? What can't he do? Wow. Um, that never mind. I take that all back. He always has like, <laughs> the, the most uh, wisdom for sure, though, which is nice. Yeah. I, I like his character. He I feel like he kind of holds I feel like he holds Ethan accountable for yeah. a lot of stuff. Like he can keep it real with him. Especially in Dead Reckoning. He's like, no, I'm yeah. asking this as a friend, not your yeah. not a colleague. Yeah. But and I hate it like because like he obviously goes away. He's like not in the last half of the movie because he's like, it's gonna take my every being to like do this. To so crack like, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get and a it's lot of like, too. I guess he he's usually like the guy in the chair, kind of like he's like in the van, like giving comps mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah. it's like you can't and then they, they made Simon Pegg do that for like this back half of the movie too. So it's like you can't really do two of them at the same time. So you gotta yeah. Get one of them. Out, yeah, they kept him in a self-driving car that somehow couldn't be controlled by AI. I, I was I was thinking that whole time I was like, it's gonna take over and like just yeah. run him off the road or something, yeah. but that never even yeah. had to happen. Then he's radio, plan. but yeah. they couldn't crash his I thought that was crazy too. I thought for sure uh mm-hmm. something would have happened there. Great stuff. Um 
Well, those are our rankings uh, of the Mission Impossible movies. We pretty much agreed most of the way, mm-hmm. and especially on the top three. So they're all pretty good. So check them out. Other than two, you can skip two. Actually, you really can. I think, you're not missing a lot. I think you can skip the first one, honestly, too. I think starting on three is just like a really solid. But if you skip one, then you don't really get the Kittredge background, though, which is cool in the, th- yeah, in the seventh one. Yeah, that's fair. I like also, this, movie, this series is seven movies long. Like, what's what's the difference of that's like, true. five versus seven? You just got to watch them all. Yeah, it's like you can't right. skip, like, Harry Potter. I mean, obviously, it's very different, but... <laughs> you can skip Crimes of Grindelwald. I'll, you can skip all of the Fantastic Beasts. <laughs> Sweet. Um, Jackson, are you feeling lucky? You could ask yourself questions. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? I'm feeling lucky. Brian, this is a, I don't know if you've been on when we've started this new segment, but uh, Jackson and I pit two actors up against each other each week, and we determine if they'll move on based on their filmography, their work, into our Hall of Fame. So, Jackson, I don't know where, I don't remember where we left off last week. We had Rachel... Rachel Weiss and Helena Bonham Carter, but I don't remember who won. Do you? <laughs> I think we gave it to Rachel Weiss. Oh boy, I don't remember. Let's say no, we no, it no. To... We gave it. We gave it to Helena Bonham Carter because I think she, if she wins this one, she's in the Hall of Fame. Wonderful. Which is God, what we we're decided. good. We're good at this. Yeah. Okay. And so, so they're going up against someone. Brian, go so, be our tiebreaker. Yes, we have Helena Bonham Carter versus Emily Blunt. Oh boy, that's all. We, we can't even see Oppenheimer yet. We got. I know. <laughs> yeah, she's about to be an Oppenheimer. Uh-huh. Mary Poppins, Edge of Tomorrow with Tom Cruise. True, true. I will say Edge of Tomorrow. Other than Mission Impossible movies, I think is like the signature like action sci-fi movie of the past decade, mm-hmm. maybe. Really fun. Which is super fun. A Quiet Place obviously was big. Uh, Looper is fun. Mm-hmm. I like Looper. Into the Woods, she sings. She does that in Mary Poppins, too. Um, you guys are forgetting Jungle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Of course. How can I forget? <laughs> uh, the Adjustment Bureau. Nomeo and Juliet. Okay. She's in Sicario. Yeah. She's like the main girl in Sicario, person, yeah. right? Yeah. I haven't seen that in too long. I mean, I can tell you where I'm leaning, boys. Just stop with this I conversation. F- I feel like I'm leaning Emily Blunt, personally. Two words, Sherlock gnomes. I'm going <laughs> I'm going Emily Blunt, I think. Brian, are you going to throw a wrench in the plans and say Helena Bonham Carter? You know, I'm not. Helena Bonham Carter doesn't really like, I don't really know too much. Her. I haven't seen too much of her work. Um, Other than Harry Potter, yeah. Right. Um, and Emily Blunt, Emily Blunt says she's, she's awesome and beautiful. So is Helena Bonham Carter, but. I will tell you yeah. she will be, uh, in the upcoming The Fall Guy, starring Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt, and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Is that a Fall Guys movie? It's a Hollywood stuntman moonlights as a bounty hunter to make ends meet. That, that sounds actually sounds fun. that actually sounds really cool if it's good. But I will tell maybe. you that it's it's made by the director of Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, and all Bullet right, Train. so, so. Uh, it's right. the Deadpool guess... two guy, David Leach. Uh, okay. The, Atomic Blonde. That's I fair. That. It's so, all right. Yeah, we'll see. And we'll see her in Oppenheimer, of course. So True. We will see you soon. But in the meantime, I guess she's moving on. And I am so sorry, Helena Bonham Carter. Apologies. But you got to do what you got to do. 
Wonderful. How about a quick fantasy filmography update? And then we can get on out of here. Uh, week 26 update. Uh, we're on the eve of Barbenheimer, of course. And Jeff still in first with uh, 316 points. David now in second place uh, with 279 points, but he has nine films out now. And his 10th film is not coming out. I'll tell you that. Legally Blonde 3, not coming out. So he's got to find a new one. Again? But I know, man. It's it's the cursed project. And I don't think does 2024 it, is happening either. Does so. it exist? Like, is it filmed? Mindy Kaling is writing it. <laughs> that's all that's going on. People have talked about it. Jennifer Coolidge is coming back. Reese is coming back. But So they haven't filmed it yet, even? No, nothing has happened. <laughs> it's still in pre-production. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. So tough looks for him. But he's got Barbie <laughs> this weekend. So he boosted up a little bit. Cody yeah. in second with 277 points. Me in fourth, oh, Cody in third, excuse me. Carter in fourth with 248 points. Brian in fifth. And you have such a, all your movies are so strong, Brian, I will just say. I think there's a big drop off though with what I have left. So we'll, well see. Well, you've had an uh, unbelievable start. They cloned Tyrone, which I'm going to check out this week, hopefully. Looks, I wasn't really expecting much from that. It looks awesome. So, and getting, I needed reviews. that. I needed that one after, uh, what was it, Argyle? Got oh yeah, bummer. Mm. We'll see. And that's Henry Cavill, right? Is that Henry Cavill? Hopefully, I don't remember. I think it is. I think that was him. Anyway, hopefully, we'll get that some at some point down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, Jackson, then it's you with 136 points, but you got Oppenheimer coming this weekend, baby. Psyched for that. Woo. And then Corbin and Matt still chilling. Matt's movie, uh, the 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 Ghibli movie. There's no like critic reviews yet, and it's all audience reviews from Japan. Hmm. It'll get a 2023 release allegedly later this year if it doesn't cool. i guess i'll just take the audience reactions and go for there but but yeah and of course this weekend barbie and oppenheimer facing off but brian they cloned tyrone also technically in the head-to-head i don't see you winning that battle but we'll I see i don't see oppenheimer winning that battle either but that's okay there's uh, a there's a world where maybe mission impossible wins two weeks in a row i don't know totally that is I, I think you really think so i think barbie is definitely like going to but like i, I, I don't think so. i think mission impossible has a better chance than oppenheimer somehow coming yeah, out on top there. i think just barbie has just done some tremendous marketing so really good stuff so i'm excited for both we will see both this weekend and yeah keep an eye out on that with that boys we are done we completed the mission how do we feel fantastic feeling great amazing i don't uh, think we gave enough love to just tom cruise running sequences but so great True. So good. He's a, a good great runner. runner. A track star. Uh, Jackson, where can the people follow us on Instagram? They can follow us on Instagram at roughcut underscore pod. Click our link tree. Follow us on Spotify. And uh, we'll listen to our stuff. Do it. And follow us on Twitter, too. We post it all there, too, at roughcut underscore co. Check us out there. Give us a follow, retweet, like, subscribe, support. Woo-hoo. And with that, we're done. As always, thank you for listening. Brian, thanks for coming on, buddy. Talking Mission Impossible with us. It was a treat. Thank you both for having me. Love doing it. We'll have you on in the future for sure. Thanks for listening, everybody. Goodbye. This message will self-destruct in five seconds. Good luck, Ethan.